Hey, welcome for all the premium subscribers here on Shoot the Shiitake with me, Father Leo, your host. And as a premium sponsor, you get a chance for some more deep dish discussions. And these for the premium sponsors are called Learning from Leftovers. And so we're going to be learning from the leftovers of Father Michael Dank, who is currently a priest in the Diocese of Cleveland, Ohio. But he's also in the midst of discerning a possible vocation to secular institutes. And so we're going to hear his story and learn about discerning because that's a big thing. A lot of people don't know how to do it. And, um, you know, if you listen to the second episode, which introduced the secular institutes with Father Tony Sior, the director general, excuse me, the director for the United States, um, he kind of gives an overview of what that is. But it's kind of interesting to hear what it's like for a guy who's in the process of discerning. So, Father Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you, Father Leo. And that's also a, just a topic I love to teach and love to uh, help people with. The sermon exactly. In their life. And tell yeah. me your current ministry, not only just as a diocesan priest currently, but you also have a special ministry. Tell us what that is. Yeah, I have a wonderful ministry that's grown over the years called the Prodigal Father. So if you go to theprodigalfather.org, you can see I, we try to make everything free. That's what prodigal means, or prodigious, just to generously give. So Or wasteful. Or wasteful. Because almost. that's what it's the son was, right? Yeah. So like the prodigal son. You screwed that up, or, or are you trying to play, have oh, a play on words no, no, here with the prodigal father? No, it is wasteful. Yeah. But even more so is the father. Exactly. How wasteful he is. Because you think about it, he wastes. The son wants half of the inheritance. Father gives it to him. The son goes out, squanders it all, wastes it, comes back, and what does the father do? He wastes his love on on him. Here, let's have the finest, you know. In fact, that's what the older brother said the dad was being. Wasteful. Yeah, Yeah. wasteful. It's like you're spending all this on just no good for nothing son. And so your play on the prodigal father, which everyone knows is the prodigal son, I think it's brilliant. But tell me exactly now, um, what are you doing with it? So you're trying to be generous by making all your products free. Yeah, so my big thing is I just feel as a priest, I have been so tremendously blessed by good priests in my life. You know, I've okay. had just such wisdom figures um, that have really... Are any of them Filipino cooks? <laughs> Father Leo definitely is. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> he brings brother. a different slant to everything for me, though. Um, but no, I just had such great father figures as priests over my whole life. And so my desire now is just to give that back, to share it with people. So, uh, you know, I've been very blessed to have so wonderful retreat masters, retreat directors. So basically what I've tried to do is package that like I, I had a retreat master tell me one time you have to find a way to make this practical for people Pre- make what practice like this prayer you know oh. so when I go away for an eight-day retreat I experience this wonderful intimacy with God not everybody can just take eight days out of their life and go on a retreat you know yeah so it's kind of a wonderful privilege let's so. talk about that too because yeah. I'd only like doing five-day retreats I can't oh, do more than that, eight, the eight uh, so I'm like nope not gonna even try it and some people do 40 days and I just want to just almost I did that once it, so and we're gonna I let's talk it. about that yeah. so, but what do you do with prodigal father it's a ministry it's a nonprofit. Yeah, so the it's Prodigal a... Father really is my brand. Okay. Uh, and then there's the Prodigal Father Productions, which is the nonprofit that supports that. So And so what do you do? What do I what I do is take all my experiences and really it is the tradition of the mystics of the church. Okay. And I try to make that accessible for people. So I've developed apps for your smartphone and I have a book called Pray Forty Days, which really synthesizes all these different ways of meditation and contemplative prayer. Uh-huh. All the things you would experience on a retreat. And that allows you to have like a daily 10 or 15 minutes of prayer with God. So you're basically taking a lot of spiritual exercises and making it accessible and available to people. Yeah. But then 
that's a lot of writing. Is that what you are? You're a writer, or what else do you do? Do you um, speak? Yeah, I do writing. I do speaking engagements all over the country, and um, uh, a lot of it is retreat work, parish missions. Um, oh, so you're basically going to go around, God willing, and yeah. just help parishes to be revitalized in Yeah, more program. and more I'm going to parishes, to high schools, to institutions. I was just at a wonderful high school, John mm-hmm. Paul II Institute, out in Washington State. So oh, I good. Flew out over there and it worked out really well. The whole, they were the first school ever that did, did it during the 40 days of Lent. So all the students of the entire high school, freshmen and seniors, stopped every day for 15 to 20 minutes. And I was able to lead them through these guided meditations through on, the app. Through, on the app? Yeah, so they used Whoa. the app at the high school and listened to the meditations. And so tell me, where do you, they, people find this app, first of all? Well, you can find it on... The best way to do it is just go to the Prodigal Father website because it'll direct Prodigal you there. Fa- theprodigalfather.org. So the... Theprodigalfather.org. If you don't know how to spell O-R-G. prodigal, it's P-R-O-D-I-G-A-L. There it's you a go. big word for some people. And when you say father, it's fat her, right? That's F-A-T-H-E-R. Right, yes. uh-huh. Okay, good. So... Um, just real quick, just so that you know, I was at a, my aunt was kind enough to book me at a hotel, and uh, they welcomed me, and they only have three letters for the, for the title, the salutation, and so she put down Father Leo Padalinghug, and they said, fat. Well, welcome, Fat Leo. <laughs> fat Leo. <laughs> like, <laughs> Thanks a lot. I appreciate that. Did they that. really say that? No, they oh. looked at me and they kind of looked at the thing and then they gave me my, you know, welcome and it said Fat Leo. Welcome, Fat Leo. Mm-hmm. So, theprodigalfather.org for apps, for And you'll find books, what I love. If you go to the website, you'll see everything that I do. One of the exciting things I've been doing now is a, is a Monday night live show. So I do a live streaming show on, on Facebook, okay. YouTube, uh, Periscope. What, uh, what is that? What is that? How do you find that? So you uh, go to the website, prodigalfather.org. You'll find it on there. The other good way, actually, I have a Facebook Facebook group, the Prodigal Father. So join that Facebook group, and you'll you'll get a notification, which is nice. Okay, great. So Facebook's kind of the main platform that I'm using for that, but it's simulcast to these other ones. Well, that's a lot of technology, but if people are listening to this special Shoot the Shiitake deep dish discussion, learning from our leftovers, Father Michael is actually doing exactly that. He actually takes what he's got from his retreats, from yeah. all of his spiritual exercises, and he's making it available to people. And so if you could just tell me now, though, as you are discerning, yeah. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. part of the fruit of your retreat is discerning. Tell me what you're trying to discern here, because I think a lot of people are interested in secular institutes in general. They still don't know what, I, what kind of priest I am. I don't know what kind of priest I am. I'm just trying to be a faithful one, ultimately. Yeah, well, I'm excited because I just actually yesterday got a letter from the diocese allowing me this wonderful opportunity. So what I'm discerning really is kind of a call within the call. Yep. Um, You know, so I've already been baptized. I've already been called to the priesthood. And there's something that's been stirring in my heart probably for the last five or six years just Uh of really wanting to... um, to help people to grow in their spiritual life. So I just kind of felt that God has really been tugging at my heart these last five or six years to be very dedicated. Tugging you where, though? It's like when... Tugging means a type of a pull. What's yeah. he pulling you to? He's been pulling me, I think, to a more focused way of priesthood. Um, and really, the consecrated life is, in a way, that, that separation. So when you're consecrated, you're almost, in a sense, pulled out of something... Uh, and consecrated for and what a do you new think purpose. you're reserved for because that's what the word you know sacrare in Latin is to separate to cut to tear mm-hmm. so if you're consecrated you are 
pulled away from something mm-hmm. so that you could be reserved for something. What do you think God is? I mean, I, no one really knows 100% for sure, but what well, do you I, think you're reserved for? I think I'm really reserved for, for, for that, for focusing on prayer and, and using the new media to really help people ah. of all places get to encounter God and people that are really seeking. So you believe that God is almost creating in you a digital missionary kind of lifestyle. Yeah, it's almost kind of like a modern media monk is the way I've been thinking about it. Yeah, no, it's a kind you, of exactly you what know, it is, to be so, honest with you. I mean, that would be great for some priests. They, they still don't know that Facebook is a thing. Yeah. You know, and uh, I, I mean, even though I should be better at technology because I'm Asian, I'm really bad at it, to well, be honest Well, I get that. I understand it because it's just one more thing to do. But I, it's just a unique call for me. The church does call us to use all of this, but for me especially, I think because I'm just good at it naturally and I like it. Um, it's been it's been kind of an exciting challenge for me to always keep on the on the edge of whatever people are using on the edge of technology. Yeah. You know, I mean, I love the word technology. So as we're kind of learning from Father Mike, learning from leftovers here on Shiitake, just want to get a sense of what it's been like for you to discern and transition from, say, diocesan priesthood to a form of consecrated life in the secular institute. How's it been for you? You know, it's been. Um, it's discernment's not an easy thing sometimes, you know, because I love being a priest and I love being a parish priest. I've loved what I've done in the parish. Sure. And there's been Are you good at it? I think I'm good at it, you I know. Mean, like people you'd don't have hate to ask you, the people. <laughs> I think I think the people yeah, really appreciate me and I love it. I love the people too. Um, this call though has been part of parish life is you're 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 almost like a primary care doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, you're focused on all these different things and all these different people sure and it's you are. all really, really good. But in this sense, I think that God's calling me to be more single-hearted and single-minded on this particular focus of prayer and the, the new media and the new evangelization. Okay. And, so, and has it been, uh, you said challenges. Tell me, what's the challenge? Well, the challenge, I think, of, of ever answering God's call is, is the terror of taking that step out of the familiar into a whole new way of living. So what's been, if you could summarize, I know this is putting you on the spot, but I mean, you're a reflective guy, yeah. so you should be able to do this. You're a good speaker, so you should be able to kind of off the cuff say, what would be three things that you would say to people if they're trying to discern what they may be called to do, what they may be set aside for mm-hmm. slash consecrated for? What would be three things that maybe people could do to experience discernment well for their consecrated life? Well, I think it's important, first of all, to realize a, a couple of basic rules of discernment. And first is if you're leading a good and holy moral, moral life, you're going to Mass, you're receiving the sacraments, um, the Holy Spirit and God is always going to speak to you in, a, in what St. Ignatius would call consolation. He's okay. going to give you an increase of faith, hope, or love, and love. Um, all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and the enemy is going to do the opposite. Now, what's interesting, if you're leading the opposite life, you know, say you're going from mortal sin to mortal sin and you're yep. not on the right track, the voices is, kind of yep. swap, and the enemy's voice is actually very soothing and calming. Yeah, and He's got you right where he wants you. Okay. And God, then, can be sometimes jarring and disturbing because he wants to bring this conversion Oh, bring sure. It's back. like, I mean, whenever a doctor tells me I've got to die, go on a diet or, like, exercise more, that's always so frustrating Yeah, you don't anybody. want to hear that voice. Yeah, exactly. You'd rather hear, like, so, go ahead, eat a couple more rounds of uh, pork rinds. Everything will be okay. I think the first step the way, is just knowing which, which path that you're on and okay. getting yourself on the right path. So you got one step is uh, to one make sure step, that I you think, are on the right path 
and you need purity of heart, yeah. which means just purity in your soul. Mm-hmm. That means confession. So that might be so one go, thing. Yeah, going back to confession, receiving the sacraments, praying every day, praying what before the What would be another sacrament. step? The second step, I think, really, in, and that's what I love about Valentine's Day, too, is that it's a community of discerners. So the second step, I would, would say, is to seek a wise spiritual person. So it's never good to do discernment totally by yourself. It's, it's, sure. It's sure. really good to have someone that you can share your journey with because we can be deceived very easily when we're discerning uh, things like this because it's, you know, God wants to do wonderful things with us, but Satan also wants to get, get us off track. Mm-hmm. So I've been really blessed with a spiritual director that I've had for probably uh, 12 years. No, more than that, 15 years. You know, okay. that, that How long have you me, been a priest? I've been a priest for 11 years. So okay. yeah, he's been... Oh, you're a young buck. I know, yeah. You're such a young buck. <laughs> yes. Okay, so... You want to have a guide, a spiritual direction. What would be kind of like a third, maybe? The third thing, thing I would say is to um, just really do as much as you can to to be open. And what to does that mean exactly? Be because open. I hear that all the time. Yeah, you just got to be open. Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> well, to be open really means I think to open your heart and to just allow yourself to take in as much as you can to learn as much as you can about whatever it is that you're discerning oh, okay. whether that be a new job or so you know, really it's about education and formation yeah educating yourself formating yourself um, in the seminary they always taught us that you are your primary formator yeah you know like you have other people that are helping you but at some point you got to take you got to take responsibility for your own life and that's a big deal and so let's talk about the information versus formation because i know a lot of people can just kind of shove a lot of facts in their minds and they can pretend that they're smart because they can regurgitate it and they might have a great memory but mm-hmm. it's one thing to know something it's another thing to live it yeah so with the prodigal father ministry is mm-hmm. that can i can call it yeah sure what would be some of the things you would want people to be formed in mm, yeah like, for sure and all these would help you with discernment first of all i think i i like to have especially if i take on a spiritual directee i like to have them run through pray 40 days because it really is a 40-day program I are you de- just talking your book right now I, I, yes <laughs> no i developed it i'm thinking you know why I originally developed this, you're talking about Fat Leo. Yeah. Hey, 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 hey. hey, he's talking about Fat Leo, and I'm actually <laughs> cooking at the same time, so I'll you just shut soon. up, or, you know. Well, I, I, I was doing these workout programs, P90X and Insanity, and I love these kind of workout programs where you go for 60 days or 90 days. They're sure. really focused. They're intense. Yep. And, you know, and the idea is you're supposed to be transformed at the end of it. Correct. So, really, that's the idea with Pray 40 Days. If you just do it and focus on it for 40 days. So, when you saw these kids at that high school that you spoke at, and they had all done during the season of Lent, the 40 days, mm-hmm. what were some of the testimonies of these high school kids in a very liberal part of the world? Oh my gosh, such an unchurched part of the world. And totally they'll, you know, they'll say unchurched. that. And I talked about what a challenge that is. Sure. Um, even when I went to high school, I went to public high school, and it was just a radical shift for me from sure. Catholic grade school. Uh-huh. And I think the biggest thing that they experienced for them was peace because especially the seniors, you know, they're trying to pick their college now, they're trying to make life choices and life decisions, there's all these anxieties and pressures, you know, their parents are telling them to do one thing, their heart's telling them something else. And, and their friends are saying other things. Yeah. yeah, so it's just a, it's a really difficult time for them, and I think that's what they got the most out of it, was just a sense for 15 minutes of the day, they felt at peace. Did they say that to you? They did, they, they said, wow. you know, the thing that we really experienced was peace. Sometimes you can't articulate what that experience is when you feel... That. Well, especially since they may be unchurched, they don't have a vocabulary, and that's a big deal because, you know, when I talk about formation versus information, mm-hmm. I can tell you that 
if I if I tried to make someone pray the Apostles' Creed on their own, they wouldn't be able to do it. Mm. But if you're like in a church, it just kind of rolls off your tongue. Yeah, yeah. And so I have to ask them. So you know oh, the prayer or you don't know the prayer. And the fact is you're really not going to know it just by memorizing. But if you start to understand every word. Right, and it becomes living. You love it. Exactly. You know what I mean? It doesn't so, mean you're going to say it like and well. That's but, what some of the kids would describe as they felt a warmth or they felt... Um, like a big spiritual yeah, hug. Yeah, it was. You like know what I mean? Paddling they just, hug, they maybe. felt uh, sorry, paddling hug. <laughs> they felt the, the paddle, the hug of the father. But um, so the other thing is the the examine prayer app, and so I developed this app most especially because Saint Ignatius says it's the most important prayer that we can say every day. The examine. The examine, and the yep. reason he says that is because it helps us realize whether or not we're we're in God's presence under the guidance of the Holy Spirit or if we'd kind of taken a little detour and gotten off track. Sure. So the, the app actually twice a day calls you and just helps you check in and see where you're at with God. So Father Michael Dank, uh, currently of the Diocese of Cleveland, Ohio, but he's kind of on permission to discern a call to the Secular Institute. And he's talking about basically a lot of the work that he's done in his ministry, the product excuse me, theprodigalfather.org, where you can get the app, you can get the books, you can learn about his speaking schedules and all that stuff. But let me just kind of switch gears right now, because as you are discerning this, you're not the only one affected by your discernment. You've got like mm. brother priests, you've got your family, you've got your friends. What are they thinking about your choice to actively discern consecrated life? Yeah, so I think the first reaction is, what is it? What are you doing? You know, do they think like you're um, such a weirdo? You know, I so I think I, I let my family know last night, so I gathered them together because I was going to release it publicly. Oh, that's pretty dramatic. Yeah. So I, 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 well, my mother, I said, Ma, how do you want me to handle this? You know, can I text everybody? And she said, Why don't you get the family together? And so what did you if do? If they want to. So we, we, my sister said, this feels kind of like an intervention. <laughs> we all sat down. <laughs> so I just basically told them, you know, that I had some news to share with them, and it was going to change things a little bit, you know, in my life. Um, and, and the families, too. So, uh, you know, part of it was just helping them realize, first of all, most importantly, that I'm still a priest. And, you know, that I, I love the priesthood. Sure. And this is going to give me kind of a new way to live out the priesthood. And yeah. A, a new freedom to live out the priesthood as well. So, for the past 11 years, I've been in, in parish ministry. And, again, it's been very fruitful. I loved it. I've gotten to do a lot with that. Just met people that have become lifelong friends. And as I mentioned, over these years, God's been kind of tugging at my heart to step out into this, to be more focused on, on this ministry of the prodigal father. So, By the way, folks, if you hear water boiling and pasta going into boiling water, it's because I am you're making... You're about to have a wonderful meal. We're going to have a wonderful... I'm going to make a farfalle pasta with some uh, Genovese pesto topped off with a little bit of roasted um, silver queen corn. I know that sounds a little odd, but you know what? It's delicious, so don't judge. So you're talking now, Father Michael, about they're sometimes wondering if you are still going to be a priest because the word That's the first secular, question that people ask, sure. right? Because, um, well, even if you tell them what you're doing, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm going to be praying about this consecration. Well, you're still going to be... My, my sister was so funny, too, because she said, well, does this mean you can get married? <laughs> because uh, I know a girl. <laughs> you know, it's just... Um, those are like the, the deep, basic questions, I think, that you wrestle with. Is your family with. pretty religious? Very religious, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so 
they probably only know kind of two types of yeah, priesthood. Yeah, they really only know religious parish priesthood. order priests. You know, they know or of religious priest. order priests, yep. but they've never seen one. We we had a Franciscan growing up at our parish. Okay, so that's about all they would know about it. They sure. wouldn't really know how they would live in community and how they themselves would be consecrated in poverty, chastity. And, and by the way, folks, if you want to learn a little bit more about uh, the secular institutes, all you got to do is Google secular institutes. But voluntas dei v o l u n t e a s d as in David e i dot o r g uh, USA, or you could just go to my website and go to fatherleofeeds.com slash listen, listen to episode two, where we talk about the best kept secret. Yeah. I call it the best kept secret. That's a great phrase. Voluntas and, Dei. And that means God's will. The will of God. The will yeah. of God. So will it really God. is doing the will of God in your life. And what's really fascinating about Voluntas Dei is that it's also not only for priests, but for single and for married exactly. as well. It's one of the few um, uh, consecrated seculars that are open to married. And we are a pontifical right, which, which means is, that we are under the jurisdiction of the Pope. In fact, it was Pope Pius XII that yeah, kind of who's created now us, who's now venerable. Yeah, exactly. that's exciting. Yeah, so you so. had some people wondering, oh, are you still a priest? You kind of calmed them down. And what were some of the other reactions of maybe your brother priests? So my brother priests, um, and I haven't shared it with anybody yet. This is all brand new, by the way. That's okay. It, but well, it will be public now. Yeah. So um, my brother priests that have known me and known me really well, we get together usually on our days off, and um, they've been along the ride for this journey probably over the last six years of me trying to, to respond <laughs> to God's call yeah. and, and not really having an avenue to do it um, until I learned about the Secular Institute. Yep. And even when I first learned about the Secular Institute, I didn't pursue it. So I, I knew about it for over a year. And my spiritual director and I really kind of said, no, why don't you just, just wait? You know. So some of discernment is sometimes patient waiting, you know, and testing things out. And I'm a master at patience, let me tell <laughs> me you, too. folks. <laughs> so that sure all. was perfectly easy to handle for you, right? So, you know, it really has just been part of me learning what, what a secular institute is. And what a secular institute really is, is that it's the consecrated life within the world. So when we think of the different types of priests, we have two different types of priests, sure. really. Religious priests and secular priests. So religious priests are the Franciscans, yep. the Capons, the Jesuits. Yep. And the we kind of actually priests. go through that, though. And so you're, what, what I wanted to do is find out what did your brother priests think about all of this, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm a, I'm a secular priest, a diocesan anyway, priest. You're already a secular yeah, which, priest. Which is what I am. So my brother priests along the way have, I think they go kind of, sometimes they get it. You know what I mean? And so are we'll really just say like, it. Have they? Is have there been some challenges there? Oh, for sure. Like, you know, just tell me one um, of them and how did you deal with part it? Part of it is, you know, when you when you become a priest of a diocese, there's a fraternity there, there's a brotherhood there, and especially Absolutely. in Cleveland, I love my diocese. I love the presbyter in Cleveland. We have our own seminary seminary there, and I think that's what is unique about Cleveland is that our guys actually get formed the entire time in Cleveland. So a lot of times guys go to Rome or they go to another yeah. state. We, we have one right in Cleveland. And so every year you're given another assignment and you go to another parish and you meet another priest in the diocese. So I had, um, what, six or seven so years really of formation. Close. You're really close to the presbyterate there. And, so and do I, they feel you like you're abandoning Well, us. some of it I, I, I would think is a sense of betrayal. Like, you know, um, I, even if a guy left the seminary, you, you just felt like a little bit like, oh, you know, I thought oh, we were. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's and like a so breakup with a girlfriend. My concern is that I never want the guys to feel that because sure. really consecrated life 
is you're supposed to be where you are and actually be leavened in that community. Absolutely. So I'm really supposed to be a priest within the diocese and to be leavened there to help, you know, bring about bring about this this new whatever it is. So, okay, now you talk a lot about spirituality and you've got uh, the challenges of making this transition, be, dealing with the relationships with your family, your brother priests. I'm sure there are even challenges with the hierarchy, you know, mm-hmm. it's like what exactly is going on here? And, and it can be challenging for some people. But I guess my next question for you would be, so then what's next? What happens now? You've got this permission and you're going to do... For me particularly? What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So f- just recently, I, I got this permission that I've been released from any, any diocesan assignment okay. to really grant me the freedom of discernment now. Okay. So they're releasing me to Valentine's Day. Okay. And Valentine's Day, you know, the, the whole institute with, the, with Father Tony mm-hmm. has kind of approved the work that I'm doing with the prodigal father. So okay. let that be my focus. So now my focus will be solely the work of the prodigal father. Okay. And... Um, my basically where I go and what I do is going to be whatever is going to allow me to do that the most. Got so it. I don't actually know where I'm going to be living. This is all brand Boy, new. Boy, this to is me. really scary for a lot of people. I met a man who was just uh, losing his job, and that's frightening for people. Mm-hmm. And so, in a way, I just got to ask: Are you scared? And if you are, how are you dealing with it? I am. I am a little scared. Okay. You know, it's and, great to hear that you're being I honest. I think for I think it's sometimes I get real anxious, and then I go back to. I go back to my father, I go back to God, and he says, I will provide for you. Sure. You know, and, and Jesus, I will try. And I Jesus, can't even I imagine how, quote unquote, scared the father of the prodigal son was as well when he said, here's your inheritance, bye-bye. Yeah. I can't imagine the fear that the father right. had. But it's not like a fear out of anything broken, mm-hmm. but it was just a concern and a love, yet... The father let that son go. Right. So that really showed the strength in the midst of the fears. And so people are listening to this, and I know that there's going to be some transition that some of our you know, audience may be going through. Uh, you've given them great ideas from discernment, and mm-hmm. if I can kind of just summarize it, you said make sure you have a pure of heart, make sure that you do have a companion like a spiritual director, and that you also are getting information that is part of your formation. And I'm glad that you're saying that you have experienced some fears how do you deal with that fear then? Well, ultimately, and part and of it is... this is for our people who are listening. Part of it is going to that wise spiritual person, so going to a spiritual direction, you know, and just really laying it out there and saying, am I, am I crazy? You know, like, well, the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I think it's receiving confirmation from, from my spiritual director, but really the confirmation when I go to prayer. When, when I'm at my best and when I really go to, go to God in prayer... I feel peace, you know, with the vine and the branches. I am the vine, you are the branches. And that's Remain beautiful. in me as I remain in you. So all I have to do is just keep remaining in God. You kind of, you've mentioned that word peace twice now. And so mm. basically I'm learning from the leftovers of this conversation because that's what the kids experienced when they did this right. 40 yeah, days yeah, yeah. of prayer. Yeah. And even in the midst of your fear, you can still have a little bit of peace. And, and I just kind of remind of, uh, let people know, for example, in the middle of a storm, it's very frightening, but the most peaceful place to be is in the middle of that mm. storm, in the eye of the storm, yeah. where things can just be going crazy all around you. But if you can get yourself centered, and the way you do that is by just paying attention to God, mm-hmm. listening to God's will. Man, this is really great and fascinating stuff because I know there's a lot of people who don't know how to pray. They don't know how to discern what they're called to do. And yeah. you are making a big step and going with them. So we'll be praying for you. But one last question. 
What's your favorite thing to eat? My favorite thing to eat? Yeah. I just got back from Italy, Father Leo. Yeah. And And you have, like, new favorites now? Well, no, they're probably old favorites, but, uh, you know, gelato is my favorite. I just love it. And it's so healthy for you. And I I haven't eaten any sugar in, like, two or three years. I'm trying to be on a really good diet. Sorry, that was me retching. Now my favorite things to eat. No, I mean, um, I love... So um, you ate gelato, though, even though you're on this diet of no sugar? I did. I'm like... Yeah, it's, uh, it didn't, it, 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 it wasn't, it was, you know, it was only for 11 days. So, so you had like 11 days, <laughs> 11 worth, days of gel- worth of gelato. So 11 yes. gelati in one day, 11 day for 11 but days. But the amazing thing there was they had wonderful, fresh, I did love all the grilled vegetables. Sure. Um, just these awesome, you know, Italian peppers and um, to have, there was one, one place he went to that was actually um, uh, right in Rome and... Uh, it was just a, a beautiful, almost like spread of, you know, whatever you wanted to grab, you could grab it. Sure, it's and called antipasti affitati. Yeah. So it's a, just a, al, buffet, al buffet, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was. It was a, just a, a really nice buffet, and you could just sample all those vegetable selections, all the meat selections. Um, I love that. That's so my, good. You can make a whole meal out um, of that. What's that what's the dried meat called? I'm not thinking Prosciutto. So good. I Papa mean, that cola. was amazing, especially there was a Parma one. Uh, which is my home. Prosciutto di Parma. Yeah, di Parma. Yeah, so that actually was my favorite one. That one was really good. And, and I know I just sounded like Giada when she overpronounces this. The prosciutto di Parma. <laughs> no, I'm glad that you did that. And, you know, I think it was how fitting that upon your return to your pilgrimage, from your pilgrimage, you realize that you're still a pilgrim. Yeah. You're, you're still discerning. We are always pilgrims. Yeah, and I think that's one heaven. thing that people need to remember. Yeah. As we're pilgrim people. You're pilgrim people. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we can be very wasteful along the way, but don't worry. God is definitely looking out for you like the yeah, Father is looking out for Yeah, and I think that some son. of it is we can't... I was thinking about St. Francis, you know, because I was in Assisi, too. Yep. So St. Francis initially felt this call within a call to rebuild God's church, okay? So God kept telling him, I want you to rebuild my church. So Francis takes this literally and starts building and rebuilding these little churches that he was living in and gets, you know, kind of gets the message a little while later that, uh, Francis, I didn't actually mean physically. I, I want you to rebuild my church spiritually. So, in other words, we're never going to be 100% sure. Yeah. But we have to faith just take and trust, trust and faith and trust. And I think in mercy, too, that, that even if we do take a misstep, that God is going to mercifully bring us to the right path. You know, you know what we should probably do is, is do, a, uh, do a little podcast of learning from leftovers from your pilgrimage because I'm a pilgrimage leader. I go all over mm, the place, yeah. all over the world, and I love taking people to these places so that you cool, just talked about. Them, yeah. And then, of course, I love watching people's faces when they eat some gelato. It's like a foodasm mm-hmm. for them. It's a faithasm and a foodasm. But guess what? We are out of time for this learning from leftovers from this deep dish discussions. And so we say thank you for, again, being a premium subscriber. Uh, as such, we ask you to continue to support us um, either with a one-time donation or a couple dollars every month recurring or making sure that you definitely spread the word and share this Shoot the Shiitake with your family and friends, especially people who might be discerning something. And then, of course, support us by your prayers. Your spiritual support is certainly key. And Father Michael Denk um, will be wishing you all the best in keeping you in prayer as you discern your next step in Thank you. the will of God. Good to be with you. God bless you. And in the meantime, all stay hungry.